Inception. Hey. Yeah. I never. I've I've fallen asleep watching that movie two times. Ironically. It, have you really? <laughs> I feel like there's something to unpack there. You've fallen asleep. Every time I bring this up, that's what everyone says. Wow. <laughs> oh, because you haven't seen. Wait, what parts have you fallen asleep during? Have you seen the ending? No. Okay. Do you fall asleep during the same part every time? Uh, I mean, it was two times, like ten years ago. So. Was it the same part? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Do you- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm still there. Ooh. I think that's how the movie works, right? Well, I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> I don't know. I kind—I really don't care. It's very good. You should watch it. Yeah. That's we should, what everyone says. Yeah, we should watch that here for a movie night. Sure, I'll probably fall asleep. Dang. Okay, sorry. For a movie morning. <laughs> yeah. With coffee. Still might fall asleep. <laughs> Dang it. Remember, I think I have legitimate narcolepsy. All right, well, coffee and Adderall, and we started at 9 a.m. I'm scared to try Adderall. I never want to try it. Yeah, because I'm just going to be like, I need this all the time. I don't have ADHD, so I shouldn't use it. That's true. People that don't actually have it shouldn't use it. Yeah, that's probably fair. Because I feel like that was a whole thing in college at one point, right? Wasn't that? Everybody used it to study and stuff. Yeah, right. I don't know. I certainly don't don't want to. do drugs. I don't do studying, so... (laughs) Together. <laughs> Drugs. Study. <laughs> it's like the D.A.R.E. logo. Yeah. And then just textbooks. I love how we've we've just been ranting and the guys just like slowly snuck out of the room. They're like, all right. Hey, these guys are having a moment. We're just going to dip. Welcome back to Rally Caps, a podcast for artists, entrepreneurs, and everybody in between. I'm Steven. And I'm Eric. And today... My voice cracked. You, <laughs> you did, you're doing a really good job with that new intro. And I just come in here and I'm like, I'm Eric. <laughs> well, hi, boys and girls. I'm 31 years old. <laughs> today, you might notice that we are in a different room we're not in the blanket fort right now which feels really good i can do this with my arms so that's fantastic yeah uh and why is that eric why are we not in the blanket fort right now all week we have been building out the new rally caps set it's been a lot of fun it has if i could reach the applause button i would press it (laughs) that would feel fitting and I don't know if, I mean, maybe in the edit, in the YouTube edit, we can share a little bit of footage. Yeah, totally. Just some like us at Home Depot, getting all the lumber, framing out the wall, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's been a two-part project. Mm -hmm. One that's been really intimidating to approach. Yes. But it's just one of those things where I've done it before in our, you know, in this unit, in our old unit. I'm I'm not a crafty person. Like, I'm not... I'm not good at going to Home Depot and like understanding everything. And I think that's, let's say the default for most artists. I'd say most people. Most people. Most people even, yeah. Yeah, but really like I think what's so cool is being creatives when you have a space to build out, you you tend to have a lot of really good ideas because you're creative and in nature. Mm -hmm. And you throw out all these ideas, you get a bunch of people in a room, you're like, we could do this, we could do that. And through the process of elimination of having those conversations, you start to go like, that's the move. Yeah. Let's, and you, someone throws out an idea and then everyone in the room goes, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's just kind of this litmus test of 
what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Mm -hmm. And so the two main projects were sound panels yeah, and building walls, as we've mentioned, I think on the podcast or maybe my tour uh, video on my YouTube channel. Yeah, we've definitely talked about it in any of the videos that either of the three, Eugene or I, have yeah. made at this point. We've, we've talked about the plan to make walls for the set. So where the Blanket Fort used to exist, that whole like 15-foot-wide section mm -hmm. is where we planned on like building a room for rally caps, which will include... Uh, we were thinking 10 foot walls, but then mm -hmm. we kind of realized like that, that might be a little too big. We took the camera up there. We grabbed <laughs> my wide angle zoom lens. We cranked it all the way out to wide. And we're like, you won't even see like at eight feet. You still won't even see the mm -hmm. ceiling, quote unquote. So like, do we even need a ceiling? And, yeah. And so then, you know, once you start mixing all those practical things mm -hmm. with the the concept and ideas and creative part of it, you start to narrow stuff down. Yep. And... Yeah, so yeah. big. we decided on eight-foot walls mm -hmm. on either side mm -hmm. that are eight feet long, so just big, huge squares. Eight-foot squares as our walls, mm -hmm. and then those are roughly 13 feet apart. I yeah. think thir a little 13 thir and, 13 and a half-ish, half yeah. yeah. So we'll have a pretty decent amount of space inside of there to accommodate Eugene and I when all three of us will be on an episode, <laughs> and even, I'd say, like the three of us and a guest, or if it's the two of us and two guests. Comfortably. Like, Plenty of space in there. We'll have we could some, fit five people in there. We really could. Yeah. Like we could absolutely make that work. And the real nice part about that is, like, if you've seen the YouTube versions of all of these episodes, you've seen how cramped we are in the blank. I mean, the three of us are on top of each other yeah. while we're recording, and we're also much more, I think, tense and like upright and trying to like contain yeah, feels ourselves so much more comfortable. I feel like I can breathe easily. <laughs> like I'm relaxed. It's really, really nice. I think it'll change the way that we're able to record like even our affect on camera will be a lot more mellow absolutely than like being up there and also like well i guess this doesn't solve the heat thing but like we always turn the heat off so it's not making yeah. noise while we're recording yeah. so we're like cold and really tense and <laughs> just like not having the best time so this is a lot better going forward we'll have more lounge chairs like this upstairs and it's be more like a living room kind of set like some light bulbs and lamps and like Rally cap that's, that stuff is so easy. The, the like, peripheral stuff is oh, so yeah. easy once you've built the bones oh, and we're, yeah. we're realizing and seeing the materialization mm -hmm. of the stuff. Yep. Once that stuff is done, then it's like, oh, worlds are oyster on how to like design this and make it look cool. That's the easy part. That's the fun. I mean, this has all been fun too, but it's like the extra fun part where it's like, well, the heavy lifting's done. If you can feel our affect, like we're we're in a very joyful state right now. I'm so happy. Well, how did it feel in the beginning? Like planning conceptualizing oh so stressful oh my gosh it's it is i mean it's a massive undertaking and we're only how, how far into this not the, not the whole studio build out but just the rally cap set build out like percentage wise where do you think we're at like 30, including sound panels yeah 30 to 30 40 40, 40? yeah 40 okay. to 50 even. 40 to 50 yeah we're yeah. halfway done yeah it's just a matter of like we know how to build it all we one wall is built yeah uh we just need to frame it up get yep. it up in the air get mm -hmm. it 90 degrees perpendicular to the floor yep um which we have a whole plan for that but yeah i i kind of want to just talk about this is something creative people that you know sure you might get a studio tour on youtube yep and they'll talk about you know what materials they use the budget you know all that good stuff brands how they made things yep but really, I want to dig here into the, the process of planning because I sure. think we did that so well. Yeah. Yeah. So beyond just talking about it for probably two months, yeah, 
I think it was when the idea was first floated out. There was just no actionable. There's no way yeah. we could get into it. Yeah. In, in those two months. Yeah. It we, was. Yeah. Oh, we had yeah. so many other things to do. We finally got to a point where it's like, we need to do this now, or it's just not going to get done indefinitely. Yeah. Therefore, block out the week. Do it. Well, if we didn't do it now, especially, it literally wouldn't have gotten done for another month at least because I'm in Italy starting next week for two weeks. And And then as soon as I get back, you're in Florida for a week. So it was like, ah, well, (laughs) we don't have enough hands to even make that happen. So you just got to get the ball rolling, which is something that you were very good at is getting the ball rolling. Yeah. I think you just have to sacrifice. You have to just be like, nope, can't do that right now. Yeah. Sorry. Got to go. Yeah. And it it hurts. It's just like, Ripping the band-aid. It sucks. It does. It you, like as a creative, you can indefinitely be in a place of like, yeah, we'll eventually do that because I have to edit these photos right now, because I have to make this YouTube video right now. When in all reality, you could probably extend that stuff a little bit more. If Unle- unless you're on a tight deadline. Don't ignore paid, that. But <laughs> if it's a paid client, of yeah. course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's like passion projects, things you want to do. You gotta you gotta sacrifice a little bit. Like yeah. for me specifically, just had one of the best performing YouTube videos I've had in a year and a half. Yeah. And I'm like, frick. <laughs> like, I wanna make another one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Like you that feeling of like, gotta capitalize on it. But yep. but for months we've been talking about building out the studio. Yep. It's just like, no, I, I see the long term benefits of taking the time, stepping away from my channel personally. Let's get this thing done because now being in the middle of it and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, we're like, this is going to be insane. Mm -hmm. Like seeing it materialize and actually happen is insane. And that's one of those investments of time that gives you time back down the road. A hundred percent. And improves quality of life for everybody involved in the studio. And I'm also in a season of that happening in my personal life with our kitchen being remodeled at Mm -hmm. home and the studio being chaotic upstairs with sawdust everywhere and just like, it's hard for me to not have any stability in either work or home with mess and chaos. So for me, I'm just like, get it done. Just like, let's just plow through this. I'm just mm-hmm. going to put blinders on and get it done. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really easy for us to go down rabbit holes in this conversation, but let's talk about the process of, of, of planning for actual materials. Sure. That was a matter of you, I think earlier this week at the time we're recording this, like the second week of March, uh, you just did a ton of research on... Not even a ton, just like one you, you did, one YouTube series of sure. building set walls. Yeah, but I mean, you know, a good, yeah. a good bit of time just like understanding yeah. what it takes to build that. Tools involved, materials involved, you know, where we should get everything, uh, even just like consulting Home Depot employees as well, mm-hmm. talking with them. Uh, but yeah, we got the list of materials written out and you me and chad was it just the three of us shua as well i don't remember three four of us went to home depot and spent a good three hours there two and a half three hours yeah it's a long time you you can lose yourself in home depot (laughs) yeah it was a long time in there but it was good because a lot of that time was spent talking to people about hey what tools do you think are best for this describe like you were really good about describing what exactly it is that we were building Mm -hmm. and getting professional advice on what would best serve our purposes as far as materials and the tools to actually build out everything. One of the things I struggle with whenever I go to Home Depot is just this fear of like, I think a lot of dudes struggle with like going and asking for help on stuff. hundred percent. And it's so my least favorite thing to do in Home Depot. It's, yeah. Cause you're just so out of your league and getting over that fear 
of like feeling like you're going to get judged. Sure. There's some employees that'll just be like total jerks to you. But at the end of the day, you just have to overcome that and realize like, no, they're actually paid to help you. So like, go, just go do it. And you'd rather have the right advice than just trying to guess. Yeah. And you just got to get over that. And we came, we, we strategized with a list over the course of a day and a half of making sure we had every single thing we needed. Yeah. And I'm, Really, the point I wanted to make in this story is yeah. that the process and the time that we dedicated to planning and being in the store mm-hmm. is what set us up for success because we thought of every single thing we needed. Yeah. Because every project like this I've done in the past, there's always been like a oh no moment yeah. in the middle of the project of we can't keep going because we absolutely need this thing. And then you have to run out and do an hour, hour and a half trip back to Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a a gut wrenching, like time stopping, brutal thing in the yep. project where you lose all your momentum. And that's the last thing I wanted on this thing. Cause yep. it, cause it is one of the biggest things we've embarked on. It's grueling. Um, so it's like, it's like a classic <laughs> saying, like if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. Like all things in life, just put the time in up front. Yeah. Measure twice, cut once. And through trial and error of a decade of me doing house projects and studio projects, it was me trying to just do it on my own and failing and having to go back and forth Home Depot, which a lot of people end up doing. So the fact that we got every single thing we needed with, at the same time, I used it as leverage for my own personal life. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted some tools to just have at home, Mm -hmm. like a handsaw. I almost bought the wrong saw. Mm -hmm. I consulted two different employees on which one to get Mm -hmm. and ended up making the right decision, which was great. Um, and then, you know, a hammer drill to go into concrete yep. for the studio will be beneficial. I've even thought, oh, we can use, I mean, we'll use it for the pull-up bar too. So I was just gonna, yeah. yeah. Like, I was like this morning, I was like, oh, we oh. have that now. Like, fantastic. We can actually install that. And that will feel like cake after we do all of this. Stuff. And there's all sorts of concrete <laughs> we'll be drilling in, in 502, this yeah. studio, like having that on hand is going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. Having it at home for me is going to be incredible for more projects. Uh, so those tools are just invaluable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought them personally and we're just going to use them. And then uh, between Gene, Steven and I splitting all the other materials mm-hmm. for sound panels and the wall. Which I, th- I think just to be transparent about that too, we're, I mean, we're building a, quite a bit of stuff yep. between the walls, the whole room, you know, a partial ceiling, sound panels and everything. I think materials so far, like tools and other like safety protection stuff, notwithstanding, I think just raw materials we've spent probably... Seven hundred dollars. I say a little more, a little, like seven, a seven or eight hundred. Yeah, because we've. I mean, in total, including like paint and some of the other things, it's been about twelve hundred. Yeah, total yeah, that's, between between the three of us. Yeah. but you know, the, a lot of other kind of peripheral things were in there. I think like wood, nails, probably maybe eight to nine hundred. Yeah, and if you're talking about the build out of everything with that, if we hired contractors, you're looking at at least three thousand to hire people to do it for you. Three thousand, four thousand. Yeah, for that whole project. Yeah. So to me, massive, massive uh, win mm-hmm. in the budget. And then in the midst of that, we just pitched a commercial client yeah. that will probably pay the entire rent of that studio for the whole year. For the year. Yeah. Just about. Actually, yeah. That almost, that exactly. almost adds up. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And yep. yesterday, instead of, so this is the give and take, right? Like yesterday, we wanted to spend a whole day working on the walls, mm-hmm. but we saw this opportunity and we're like, now we need to pitch this client because mm-hmm. that's time sensitive. And we spent all morning writing a pitch deck mm-hmm. and recording a video to pitch the concept mm-hmm. to the brand and got an immediate text same day, just being like, I think we can make this work. Let's uh, I'll go back to internal and make sure we can make it work. And so 
in the midst of that, it's like, okay, then you have that fuel behind you being like, okay, now this is subsidizing mm-hmm. the project 10 times over. Yep. And it gives you that much more incentive to now finish the project. Yep. It's like, do that pitch, land that client, go back to it, finish it up. Yep. And that might extend, like we thought, oh, by the end of the week, I think we'll have this all done. I don't think so now. Um, Definitely not. Because of, you know, what what we went through yesterday um, with that pitch, like I have to go get a haircut today, St- stuff pops up. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just so exciting because we, we started to become a well-oiled machine, like an assembly line, yep. on, especially yesterday with yep. the sound panels. Mm-hmm. Um, the way, so let's... That's going to be sick. Yeah, let's get into it. Just kind of how... And it's, and it's birthing like new creative yeah. ideas too. But a quick pin in the sound panels. I'm very excited to talk about that. But I think that's like such a good reflection of what the new studio for the three of us has been like so far, where it's this underlying fuel, but we're also responsible people with a lot of other obligations and we have to take time to step away. Like we said, you know, Oh, let's build a wall in the studio, make a set and everything. But it it took two months until we actually could put that into action. And it's not that we lost a desire to do it. We were really excited to do it. We just had to attend to other things in the time being. So it's like having, having a way to like harness that energy that that thing can bring to your life and not let it die out, but also have the wisdom to step back from it when you need to, mm-hmm. when other things need your attention in mm-hmm. your life and not being so, so dead focused on it that you actually miss out on other really good opportunities yeah. that could all kind of work together for some like greater good. So I just think like you said about like, you know, started the walls, got the ball rolling. That was the thing yep. that got us really excited to start seeing it happen. Yeah. We've got that energy still. You'll have the energy while you're at your haircut. I'll have that energy while I'm editing a YouTube video. Like whatever it is, like we're going to maintain that Mm. and just take it, manage our lives well and get these things done very soon Mm. because we're super excited about it. Like taking a step back from something does not mean that you're like giving up or not pumped about it. And I don't want anyone to think that either. Just like do what you need to do. Like you have to attend to other things in your life as well. Mm. Just find a way to keep, keep the fire for whatever it is that you're, in the process of building. It's just really exciting. Like 602 has felt like such a catalyst for that for us this year. Absolutely. I think we're, we're approaching a really healthy way to like in years past back in the old unit, like Mike and I would, would work into the evening and night. Like we would, we, for some of the studio build out stuff, we would stay till like 11 mm-hmm. midnight just to finish it up mm-hmm. because, or we would like go home, have dinner, come back in the evening and mm-hmm. then finish up a five hour project, which mm-hmm. was also really beneficial. Like, Whichever way you want to do it. For mm-hmm. me personally right now with how big my family is now, being in marathon training, you know, having other work obligations, I'm kind of like, there's no rush on this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we can, we still have an operational studio we're sitting in right now where we mm-hmm. can make a, we can make this set mm-hmm. for rally caps. In the meantime, we can make a blanket for it. Like yep. whatever we need to do to, to figure it out in the process before the thing, the end goal is done. It's totally fine. Absolutely. And I think, um, there's a huge correlation between the studio build out and how I approach a lot of my work on, on YouTube or just art in general. Like the personality I have, I always get so excited to share stuff with people, Mm -hmm. whether it be my friends or my audience online at large, I always want to like hurry, hurry, hurry to the finish line so that I can share it and get the euphoric response sometimes Mm -hmm. or just to be done with it. Yep. And this has been another lesson of discipline of just being like, with a new day, waking up the next day, you're going to be just as excited Mm -hmm. about tackling it again 
and with a pair of fresh eyes and a rested body, it's going to be really cool to step in with that much more energy and attack it again instead of working through it being tired. Yep. And with that process, it's still just gone so quick, Mm -hmm. really, really quick still. Uh, So that's really encouraging Mm -hmm. and would not be possible without the help of Chad and Shua. Like they are just absolutely crushing it with us. Absolutely amazing. Um, And Alec too for the hand that he's given us Mm -hmm. from time to time. But yeah, Chad's been invaluable in this process and the, the specific building and like acquiring materials and everything. And he also has a background in it. Mm -hmm. So super helpful to have that. 100%. Hundred percent. Yeah. Editor Chad, <laughs> builder Chad. What can't he do? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really like I said at the beginning. It's really intimidating to embark on a project like this. But as soon as you get all the materials and the tools and everything, you break everything down. Just like most things, it's like this isn't. It's not that complicated. Not that bad. You're like, okay, it felt really overwhelming but now that like we're in this step of just framing this corner at 90 degrees and wood gluing and screwing it in drilling holes you're like i've done all this stuff before Mm -hmm. and you know with different disciplines whether it be literally art class or wood shop and you know junior high yeah um or you know little house projects it's just on a much bigger scale yeah it's just larger and heavier yeah that's all yeah but hey you're larger and heavier than you were in high school. So, you know, you grow up, the projects grow up. It's all, it's all relative. (laughs) Except the sound panels. Those are super lightweight and those are awesome. Okay. Let's talk about, yeah. Yeah. So we, I'm trying to figure, I can't remember what our original plan was, but we wanted to get, we wanted to get smaller pieces of wood. So framing out the wall, we did, uh, two by fours. Yes. We were originally thinking of doing one by threes. Yep. This is all inches. Sorry if you're from literally any other country in the world. Yeah, I don't know why we do it like this. Sorry, we're just dumb Americans with our... It's less than a kilometer wide, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided to go with like the common stud size of two by four, uh, which makes a lot of sense because we want the walls to be a bit more hefty than just a set wall. Mm-hmm. And all the one by threes just didn't feel solid enough. Yeah. That was the other thing. It's like, you kind of have to play it by ear when you're going out to get this. Cause nothing's guaranteed. And we were like, Oh, we can find everything we need at home Depot. And then we go to the wood section. It's like most of this specific size of wood is really bad. Like yeah. it's just in bad shape. So we kind of adapted the plan a little bit to fit off of what would just be the best quality thing that and, we could take home. And seeing stuff in real life where we would take an eight foot, piece of lumber and stick it up and i'm like steven put your arms above your head you know like (laughs) yeah is this big enough and he's like yeah with it resting on another two inch three inch four inch foundation yeah and then a ceiling above that sort of of like or an open ceiling like it's that's more than enough okay okay 10 foot does not need to have Mm -hmm. happen uh especially because the plywood panels we wanted to use for the walls instead of drywall was also eight feet yep so we're like oh okay well yep we don't want to be like cutting plywood no or, way or you know sheets of wood like no. that's we would need a table saw I would, I would not feel comfortable doing with a handsaw cleanly mm-hmm. like all that stuff so we're like okay eight is perfect yep and and so when we started thinking about the sound panels mm-hmm. you know if you're in filmmaking or music and you've looked up sound panels to purchase they're so expensive yeah especially good ones that are meant to be hung from a ceiling mm-hmm. it, not an expense most people want to take off. Yeah, it's like, it's going to sound great, but it's just like thousands of dollars when you're talking about yep. a lot of them. Yep. 
So I'm like, okay, let's frame out a wood rectangle frame. We'll put insulation in. And shout out to um, to Edward Crockett. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just Edward Crockett on Instagram. Yep. We saw one of his reels where he made homemade sound panels. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we can do that. Done deal. We do the same thing. So framing out a wood, cheap wood frame, getting fabric from Amazon, mm-hmm. and then filling it with um, insulation mm-hmm. and hanging it from the ceiling. Yep. Still not proven if it's going to work. I mean, I'm sure it's going to do something. It will definitely change something. Putting yep. anything up there will make a huge difference with how high and <laughs> concrete those ceilings <laughs> and walls are. I yeah. mean, it's just such an echo box. So I think getting anything hanging up there will immediately notice a difference. Yep. And then from there, it's nice because if we want to make more, we just go out and make more and kind of customize our plan to what actually works best for our specific studio. And and how much, did, about how much did it cost I, per I, sound panel? I really do want to do the calculations. It's I know like, so far it's like $8 of fabric per panel, but I don't know how much the insulation was. And I don't know how much the lumber was for it. I don't think it was that, like the lumber was the three by ones, right? It can't be, it can't ones, be right? any more than like 45 bucks. Per panel? Oh, yeah. definitely. How much were the three by ones? Do you remember like per? Uh, so cheap. Yeah. I was going to say, because I feel like that whole bundle was like The maybe, eight foot three by ones? Oh yeah. They're, I mean, they're probably like $3 per. Yeah. It was something really cheap like that. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, probably like 15 bucks. Yeah. $20 panel? per 15 sound to 20? Panel. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you do it kind of in bulk. Yep. But the, the day we got all the materials, we brought it back yep. and Steven had to leave, but I still had some time um, with Chad. And so we're like, let's just frame out one of these and mm-hmm. see what it feels like, looks like. So we framed it up. We you know, drilled holes, screwed it in and made a rectangle. And it was like, oh, this is so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be a breeze. Yep. Uh, and so the next day we just framed out all of them, mm-hmm. made a few mistakes that we didn't reverse because they weren't super necessary. Mm-hmm. But then it was so cool because this dual project like made us realize we we would have made those mistakes on the wall. And we're so thankful yeah. we framed out the sound panels first. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because the way we stacked them inside versus outside, we were yeah. like, we weren't paying attention. And it was like, oh my, we would have completely framed out the wall incorrectly. And At then two different heights or something. <laughs> like the frame would have been too tall. And then the sound panels or the wood panels wouldn't have fit yeah. on it. Yeah. And as soon as we got the wood panels in the studio, we were like, wait, these look awesome. They're like yeah. pine sanded we got nicer ones we didn't we want did. just like the the mealy the particle board particle like board ikea kind yeah. of because we would have had stuff. to like just sand the crap out of it before painting it Mm-mm. so we got nice ones that were definitely more expensive they yeah. were like 75 bucks per sheet so we got yeah four of four of those yeah, yeah. so 300 bucks for those yep. all all in but the look of them they're pretty beautiful yeah. honestly and we're like oh cool yeah. so we can just like seal these yep. and they'll gorgeous natural wood walls paint the back wall black that contrast of that natural wood against the black will look awesome it will be and then we can like hang some stuff on it to make it feel like it's just like a decorative gallery wall like it's i don't know it's it's gonna look really good yeah it's gonna look really good and then once you start to realize like what these things look like and feel like in the space then it starts you know blossoming all these other creative ideas Mm -hmm. so i'm like oh well we just we said we weren't gonna have a ceiling but I'm thinking structurally, how do we hold this up easier? Mm-hmm. Because we're going to be mounted to the floor, but these these walls are very heavy with yeah. two by fours and uh, wood panel. plywood is no joke. It is solid, real wood. It's very heavy. So I'm like, we don't want this to be top heavy and like rip out of the floor and fall over. So we're going to wedge stuff in between a concrete beam and the mm-hmm. edge. But I'm like, how do we connect them? I'm like, well, what if we just get 14 foot six by mm-hmm. planks and lay them across the top, screw them in the tops. And then the frame is solid across the top. 
And then it was like, oh, a third, it would be like a third of a ceiling in the mm -hmm. back. So you kind of get this visual of wood on top and then we can drill through that. We can hang stuff from it. Like it's all multi-purpose as yep. well. And it's going to deaden the sound a little bit. Maybe we could put some sound panels up there. We can hang a light from up there. We can hang our, our aperture lantern from up there, mm -hmm. dangle it off the edge. There's so many options then. Yeah. Yeah. I said another right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, once you start like yeah. seeing it actually materialize in real life, you see the dimensions, you see where it's going to be, how yeah. it's going to fit, the problems you run into with how you need to um, frame it and make sure it doesn't yeah. fall over. Then a a material thing you need to do turns into then a new creative mm -hmm. thing, which, yeah, I just love that process so much. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to feel unbelievable opening the door to that studio yeah. and seeing that fully built out. Mm -hmm. That's going to add a level of like legitimacy to this whole thing that I don't think we've even quite experienced yet. Mm -hmm. It's felt very fun, but really so far it's been a matter of just kind of, rigging very temporary feeling things up there. Mm -hmm. And for that to be such a permanent and massive step forward for the production space as a whole, like once that's done, it's like, well, okay, great. What else? Like everything else will feel so small and so easy to tackle because mm -hmm. most of it is not nearly as time intensive. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of deciding on what thing to buy, order it, get it here, get it set up. And we're like completely good to go. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Do we talk about how we're going to actually hang the sound panels yet? No. How are we going to do that? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't do, know. I don't do we know, know yet? I don't know if it's really up to code, but <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. There, are, there. Are, Never mind. <laughs> no, no, <it's> fine. <laughs> no, there are emergency water uh, spigots across all these ceilings in our huge loft studios. So they're, you know, they're for fires. So they have, you know, they have the tubes, the piping, and the water spigots coming out the top, and they're held to a concrete ceiling by something called that I learned. Um, and 303 clevis hangers, mm -hmm. really weird name, but <laughs> uh, they're anchored and mounted to the concrete mm -hmm. and hold a ton of weight. Mm -hmm. So the sound panels are not heavy by any means. No. So we're literally just uh, hanging them off of those water pipes with, uh, with thin wire mm -hmm. that is I hooked to uh, four different points of the sound panel. Yep. So we'll just like... We'll throw we'll throw the cable over the top, link it to the other side, give it an elbow bracket to make sure that it's tight on the other eye hook, and then um, from from there we'll just kind of position what is center, mm -hmm. bring a level up there, make sure it's level, and then hopefully they're not so light that they like jostle around with the heat or yeah I don't know like a gust of wind or something yeah um, so that we'll figure that out. But yeah. if not, then we'll probably just gaff tape them on the top and then they'll yeah probably just stay still yeah. might just do that maybe we'll just do that straight away yeah. it might be easier that way yeah. but having them dangle into the room is definitely something that's helpful that's what we had looked at for this studio that we're in currently in creative club for sound dampening mm -hmm. the main uh, shooting gallery because for video it's really echoey out there and a lot of these acoustic paneling baffles like the really expensive ones that we talked about earlier those kind of hang into the room more and hang close together to help just combat any of those frequencies bouncing around so i wonder we'll figure it out but like i think i think just having the option to make as many as we want yeah and place them exactly where we want with a number of different mounting options is huge and this is talking about like creativity being born out of other ideas coming up. 
talked about doing maybe five of these panels a little larger and mount them on the wall that's directly across from the rally cap set just as another place to dampen it. And then Eric suggested making that into some kind of almost art piece mm -hmm. across the board because we could either dye the fabric that we used to wrap it or paint it or just kind of have fun with it and make some kind of like art piece out of something that's also very functional for mm -hmm. the studio. It's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. That one gets me so stoked because like initially we're like, okay, this will be the gallery wall. Yeah. And then, and then I'm like, well, we're missing out on an opportunity if it's the opposite side of the podcasting set. We want to be absorbing sound, yeah. not just like a flat drywall wall with framed pieces of art. Like yeah. that will still be kind of echoey. It might yeah. absorb some, but, but not a ton. But what if what if it's just sound panels that are there that look like art instead? Mm -hmm. So that might evolve into something else once we're done with, you know, this part of the project. But something else that's really cool in having a second studio is that we're not so concerned about everything being perfect or flawless up there. Whereas down here, we are much more, you know, indecisive when it comes to what we want specifically because we want it to be really aesthetically pleasing within this space. Mm -hmm. This is the one that people frequent when they come and visit us and where we're working all the time. And we just want it to be very homey and real and nice. Yeah. That's why we waited 11 months to get this furniture we're sitting on right now. Yeah, that's why we're recording in pink suede <laughs> Yeah. Right um, but having <laughs> having that practice upstairs is now giving us the opportunity to learn from all those mistakes mm -hmm. and then make, you know, if we make our own sound panels for down here, we'll know how to do it really well, make them look really great, function really great, yep. all that good stuff. Yep. Yeah, that is a, the other huge component for any projects like this. The physical space to do it is often more hard to find than the actual materials or will to build the thing. Yeah. Because we have a studio that is just capable of being a mess for a couple weeks is great and isn't super pretty like this one mm -hmm. and we can get sawdust everywhere and not really worry about it too much because we're just going to shop back the whole thing nothing's really set up or can get damaged from us doing everything up there we've also protected the floors with drop cloths and everything but like it's not that big of a deal to just have that space be the workshop floor. for a little while. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's, I kind of want it to be that in the future too. Like we've talked about it being kind of like a Casey Neistat functional studio in some capacities mm -hmm. where like, I'll probably just leave those power tools in that studio in case we want to, and just always have like pieces of wood up there to like do all sorts of things. Yeah. I, I would love to get creative on like, you know, get it, get a piece of wood. We have the shop back up there as well, you know, and it's like building this little set. I even think of, you know, if we're doing product photography, you like have little blocks of wood where you stack things and then you drape mm -hmm. it, you know, drape cloths over whatever, you know, like just have it. And that could exist under that butcher block table that we have on the top down section Totally, where there's just all these tools and things we can use to build something. Yep. That most people don't have access to. Like scrap raw material kind exactly. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's call it the little sandbox. Just yeah. keep keep a bunch of old reusable salvageable yep. stuff. Mm -hmm. I like that idea. Yeah. Have clamps and, you know, all, all sorts of knickknacks. Yep. You know, even if structurally over time, like the walls like start to dip or something, then we have stuff available right there where it's like, oh, we need to wedge more two by fours between the wall and the concrete mm -hmm. and we need to mount this here and this, that, and the other, yep. or like, oh, that piece of wood broke. So we need to just reinforce it. Mm -hmm. Like just having those available so we don't have to go do a Home Depot run, right, right. but having just things that are multi-purpose under that, that totally. both creatively and functionally. Yeah. yeah. That's very fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think building out some kind of set where maybe 
Yeah, I mean, the butcher block is kind of like the center of that because yeah. that that table has been super helpful for this project in for particular. I mean, that that alone wood clamps, man. Oh my gosh! And having what is it? It's like eight feet long, I think. That butcher block mm-hmm. table, eight eight by four. Yeah, same size as the the panel. Oh, yeah, the it is. that's so funny. But having that alone as a, a workbench to work off of is unbelievably helpful yeah which we hadn't even thought of when we first moved to that upstairs it was just like hey this is the top down rig table that we'll have product stuff over here we'll have some lighting and mics always rigged up so we can quickly record something but then we can actually put it to good use in a totally different capacity yeah it's been amazing but we've talked about the opposite wall being like a pegboard gear wall yes but that could also have tools on it too 100 super interesting absolutely yeah the fact it is cool to think that like the fact that this is building out a set for rally caps in and of itself is amazing but on top of that instead of this room being a shipping container shaped studio now we actually have some dimension to it and we mm-hmm. have two brand new walls that we can use for functionality or a second shooting angle or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just actually expanded the overall versatility oh, yeah. of the studio. Having a wood wall or like shooting into a corner of the rally caps mm-hmm. room, you know, where it's wood on one side mm-hmm. and black on the other. Oh my gosh. With yeah. art here and there. Just know? against the wood on the inside. Yep. We could throw, fa- we talked about putting like fabric on the, the opposite side of one of the walls to use as like a textured kind of backdrop, like uh, unbleached muslin or something kind of like a natural canvasy thing like that. Uh, and then a tool wall is a great idea for the other side. Mm-hmm. Pegboard material and everything. Just oh. Maybe lights, camera yeah. stuff, yep. tools. Just yep. those miscellaneous items that you're kind of reaching for fairly often and don't necessarily want to tuck away in you know, a drawer or a bucket. Similar to what's behind me right now, if you're mm-hmm. watching this, like it's a, a charging station. It's kind of like a pegboard, but mm-hmm. then we can get LED lights to kind of feature different parts. Totally. It's another really, really cool wall to shoot up wow. against. I love that. Let's definitely do that. Yeah. It's a great idea. Dang. Well, we need to get back to work. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get a haircut and then we're just all <laughs> afternoon going to be finishing out the sound panels and hopefully framing up a wall today. Yeah. Drilling into concrete. It's a new it's a new part of the adventure. We'll see how that one goes. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for watching and listening today. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment down below telling us what your favorite part of this studio build out is. And if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other wonderful podcast hosts out there, maybe follow the show, give us a rating, and share an episode with your friend. That'd be awesome. We love you so much. Goodbye. For now. <laughs> <laughs>